Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. This is Optimal Living Daily, episode 2759, Maybe You Don't Have a Problem, by David Kane of raptitude.com. And I'm Justin Mollick. Welcome to Optimal Living Daily, OLD or Old, the show where I read to you articles that I think are amazing with permission from the authors. So with that, let's get right to our next post as we optimize your life. Maybe You Don't Have a Problem, by David Kane of raptitude.com. For a grown man who writes for a living, I read very slowly and I'm self-conscious about it. Finishing a novel in less than two weeks feels like an accomplishment. If I love it from the start, I'll fly through it in a week or less, but usually that means I'm spending several hours a day on it. Yet there are people who read two or three or seven or eight books a week. I've always wanted to be one of these people, And two months ago, I decided to become one. My philosophy was simple. Whatever they do, I'll do that. It seemed obvious that people who read five or 10 times as many books as I do must be going about it completely differently. They're not just reading, as I know it, more quickly. They must be using their eyes and minds in ways I never learned to. So I dove into the dubious world of speed reading. I bought the best-reviewed instructional book on the topic and promised myself I'd work through the program. The technique was indeed very different from how I normally read. Zip your finger across the lines as a pacing device. Don't say the words in your head. Don't stop to reread anything you didn't quite get. Just allow the important words to come through and the natural redundancy of the material to fill in gaps in your comprehension. And these instructions did do something. I found I was able to plow through nonfiction at more than double the speed right away and actually comprehend most, I think, of the ideas presented. With words coming into my head that quickly, there was no time for daydreaming or distraction. But it wasn't pleasant. It felt like I was on a game show on the Food Network, scrambling to cook something presentable while a clock ticked down. My reading was quick, and not so quick as to be useless, but it was sloppy and completely devoid of joy. I don't believe I was absorbing the material in the way the author intended. There's no way I'd read a novel that way. When I investigated the topic of speed reading itself, I learned that it isn't really a faster method of reading. It's a kind of pragmatic skimming, very useful for consuming large volumes of material for school or work, or otherwise extracting vital information from anything you don't actually want to read. But by most accounts, it's not a way to finally enjoy Proust. Deflated, I googled, how the do you people read so many books? 
and found a thread on Quora in which dozens of high-volume readers explained how they do it. I thought I'd find a bunch of techniques, how to move your eyes differently, how to bring a different psychology to reading, but almost all of their answers were some form of, well, I just read a lot, so I've gotten a lot quicker at it over the years. It felt like a dead end, but a good dead end. It occurred to me that I didn't actually have a problem. Reading their straightforward answers left me with the distinct sensation of reaching the end of a wrong path, free to head back to the main road and use it instead. Now that the secret weapon of speed reading has turned out to be a dud, I'm reading without troubling myself over it. I'm simply spending more time in my reading chair and I'm finishing a lot more books. Whatever barrier was there doesn't seem to be there anymore. In addition to the increased volume, my pace has quickened in no time at all and I think it's entirely because I suddenly no longer see myself as reading challenged. I don't expect it to be a battle and so it's not. I just read the words without the belief that I need to be reading them faster. Read more and get better at it over time. It's the simplest answer to the problem. So why did I feel like I had already been down that street and found it didn't go anywhere? We're quick to disregard approaches that don't get us anywhere the first time around. You only need to dismiss it once, no matter how much sense it makes or how well it works for others, and then you don't look that way anymore. Maybe it happened for me while forcing myself to read Great Expectations in high school. After a trauma like that, a big thick book becomes a symbol of grinding, falling behind, being outcultured by smarter, more mature people. Whenever I did open a book with 600 pages of small inky print, I always found the battle I expected. We probably do this a lot, live with lifelong impediments only because we assume we've exhausted the simplest approach. I can't count how many people I've met who think cooking is beyond them. They insist it's talent dependent and they just don't have it. So they never cook. And because they never cook, they can't cook. To those of us who cook freely, if sometimes badly, this inability to prepare one's own food comes off as absurd and completely voluntary. We can be very quick to self-identify as problem cases, and that alone can make you a problem case. It's easier to accept the notion that there's some secret information you don't have rather than to confront the possibility that you never followed through with the simplest, most obvious approach. And once you've written it off, that door, the best door, will always look like a wall until you realize you need to go through it anyway. You just listened to the post titled, Maybe You Don't Have a Problem by David Kane of raptitude.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. 
To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Thank you to David. Seems like an analogy for so many different things in life, including some of the most important habits that we try to build but fail at over and over again, like exercising. It's easy to want the quick fix, the magic pill solution that will solve the problem of exercise, but it's always the simplest answer, which is the same answer he found on Quora, and that was to simply do it more. It's not the answer we want to hear, but the most successful people in a certain area will probably all say basically the same thing. It took a lot of time, attention, and working hard at it. And trying to enjoy that process instead of hating it is key, because if we hate it, we're never gonna put in enough time, attention, and hard work. We'll always find reasons not to, or eventually burn out and give up. Instead, if we can find it at least somewhat pleasant, maybe even give ourselves a little reward after, and keep it up, surely the results will follow and we'll be better off for it, not having wasted time and money on shortcuts that wouldn't have lasted. And again, this applies to so many different things, not just reading and exercise, so it's really something to think about. But I'll leave it there for today. Have a great Friday and start to your weekend if you're listening in real time, and I'll see you tomorrow over the weekend where your optimal life awaits.